0: Praise the Lord, everyone out there in podcast land. This is Dr. Dennis James Woods. On October 7th, 2022, President Biden said that the war between Ukraine and Russia could actually lead to Armageddon. But is this true or is this complete folly? Stay tuned because you have just entered another exciting episode of the Revelation Revolution. Lord everyone out there in radio, podcast, YouTube land. This is Dr. Dennis James Woods and we're here with you one more time with the Revelation Revolution podcast. Tonight I want to talk about a subject that is a hot, hot topic. Uh, Our president, President uh, Biden, on October 7th made a statement that has, that sent the world blazing. (laughs) metaphorically but uh, definitely uh, involves uh, a term that he used called Armageddon and so now what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, and see why you must know the times ladies and gentlemen because there is a lot of eschatological terminology and biblical terminology that is being bantied around by many people. Uh, We saw this with uh, when COVID-19 first hit, how they were talking about the vaccine would contain the mark of the beast. Again, conspiracy theorists, uh, people just putting out crazy information to get people excited, and and in this case, cause people to make bad decisions, many of them. Uh, some of them they cost them their lives because people being afraid of the mark of the beast and not understanding how all these things come about and what the Bible actually had to say about them were making decisions and based on erroneous information uh, that went around the internet so sometimes you have nefarious forces you have illegitimate people putting out this information but in this case ladies and gentlemen it was uh, the president of the United States (laughs) I mean you know he's not illegitimate in the sense of being someone that sees an official glory God and he actually talked about the book of uh, 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 he mentioned the battle rather of Armageddon I want to share with you um, uh, something that was um, online, uh, and I'm. Uh, what I'm sh- showing you now is the online Webster's dictionary, and I want you to look at this. It says trending, the word Armageddon. Look up spiked forty two thousand percent on October seventh. <laughs> forty two thousand percent. People weren't even looking up the word Armageddon. And all of a sudden, now they're looking it up, going like, what is he talking about? Because the president said it. And this is what it says. It it actually has a a piece here. It says, Armageddon spiked in lookups on October 7, 2022, after the word was used in remarks by President Biden. Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin's threat to use nuclear weapons in Ukraine has brought the world closer to Armageddon than at any time since the Cold War Cuban Missile Crisis, U.S. President Biden said. That's according to Reuters uh, report uh, in uh, on October 7th. So uh, that um, it, 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 it really got people afraid. You know, they're going like, wow, you know, it's, it's Armageddon. And so what it is is people start looking the word up. So what I'm going to do with this time, I'm actually going to play the clip from CNN. I won't be able to show it, but we're going to listen to it uh, just, just like 40 seconds. And we're going to um, uh, listen to what was said on CNN uh, about this. Armageddon, a word. U.S. president. I'm John Berman with Brianna Keeler. Overnight, President Biden warned that the world could face Armageddon if Vladimir Putin uses nuclear weapons as Russia faces setbacks in Ukraine. This happened at a Democratic fundraiser. The president said, quote, we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. I don't think there's any such thing as the ability to easily use a tactical nuclear weapon and not end up with Armageddon. This is stark language, and it comes as the U.S. considers how to respond to a range of potential scenarios. For more, let's bring in White House correspondent Jeremy Diamond with the very latest on this. Jeremy?
1: Uh, Yeah, good morning,
0: Brianna. U.S. officials say that there has been no change in Russia's nuclear posture. In fact, one senior U.S. official... So, again, I just wanted to bring that uh, so you can hear it, but, again, I didn't want to show it. So... um Uh, because it would be a copyright issue, and I I wanted to uh, uh, not show it in the video, but at least so you could hear it yourself, uh, what was actually being uh, said. Uh, So uh, once again, uh, President Biden's, in reference to Vladimir Putin and the Ukrainian war, because the Russians were losing the war and uh, Putin is getting more and more desperate that it was likely that he may use a tactical nuclear weapon. And what they mean by tactical, they basically mean a battlefield type of nuclear weapon, probably a kiloton in range or something like that, which is about equivalent to a thousand uh, tons of TNT, which is still a big bomb. Uh, the uh, bombs dropped on uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima were in the 1530 kiloton range. Uh, so those, that today would actually be considered a smaller, uh, nuclear weapons. That, that Those yields are just really, really, uh, huge today. They're a thousand times stronger than that, hundreds of times stronger, uh, uh, even one of the smaller bombs. So a tactical nuclear weapon. Uh, so what Biden is basically saying is if, uh, they, if, if Putin did that, that there would be no ramp, way to ramp down a response that would keep it tactical, that, uh, Russia would get the launching on uh, cities. Now uh, let's just be very, very clear. The world is in a dangerous spot right now. Uh, Russia has a, enough and the delivery systems, and this is the important thing has enough nuclear weaponry to destroy every major city on the planet. All the cities in the United States, all the cities in all the major cities, All the major cities in Europe, all the major cities in China, Japan, all of that, they have enough weapons because because they have thousands of nuclear warheads, okay, about 5,000 of them, more than enough to do the job. Now, the United States has just as many, and we could do the same thing. So, in the event of a nuclear exchange, that would just be bad, right? Okay, and so, in his mind, if that happened, that would be Armageddon. But the bottom line, what we're gonna add today, is that true? Is that going to be Armageddon or is he, like a lot of people do, using biblical terminology and really don't know what they're talking about? (laughs) Okay, so we're going to get into this uh, in the name of Jesus. And we're going to go right into uh, our our lesson. We're going to reference uh, my book, uh, uh, You Must Know the Times. 20 answers to 25 essential questions on end-time prophecy so let's get into a study of Armageddon and chapter 11 of my book I says what is Armageddon It says, Armageddon is a plane in Israel where the battle of Armageddon will be fought point number one ladies and gentlemen Armageddon is a place glory to God alright this battle occurs during the sixth bold judgment of the wrath of God, okay? and listen to what it says in Revelation 16, 16. This is from the NIV. It says, and they gathered the kings together to the place that in the Hebrew tongue is called Armageddon. Revelation 16, 16. Again, this is from the NIV. This is the only place in the Bible where the word Armageddon is found. Other translations, such as the complete Jewish Bible, translate the word Armageddon as Har-Megiddo. Har-Megiddo. In the NASB, it is translated Har-Megiddon. Har-Megiddon. Har meaning mountain, which could indicate the hilly terrain around the plain of Megiddo, which is some sixty miles north of Jerusalem. Now Armageddon uh, or the plain of Megiddo is a plain, and and and, and it is said that uh, it is a natural uh, battlefield. As a matter of fact, it is said that. Uh, even Napoleon Bonaparte comment that all the armies of the world could mobilize in this great plain. Okay, so during the final battle of this age in the Valley of Jezreel, where the where Megiddo is located, will be where the nations under the wor- of the world under demonic influence will gather their armies together. To fight the returning King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, in his second coming. This final conflagration, this final conflict, this final battle, will be the climatic campaign of what is known as the Day of the Lord. For example, the following passage depicts this scene uh, beginning at, uh, this is reading from revelation 16 verse 12, straight through verse 16. And this is from the new King James version. It says, then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the river Euphrates and its water was dried up so that the way of the Kings from the East might be prepared. Now, this is very interesting, ladies and gentlemen, the kings of the East coming east of Euphrates where Euphrates run right one's right through the country of Iraq okay east of that then you have Syria you have other countries but if you keep going east you hit India you hit uh, China you got a lot of so that 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 whole Asian a uh, 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 Theater uh, it can be involved when it says the Kings It's plural the Kings of the East because all of these countries it's, it's like the God is going to gather all these armies to this one plane Okay, and it says this is what it says and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs Coming out of the mouth of the dragon out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet Okay now This is interesting, ladies and gentlemen, because for the battle of Armageddon to be fought, there's a few things that need to be in place. First, the Bible talks about here that he says, I saw three unclean spirits or demonic spirits coming out of the dragon, which is Satan. We're talking about Revelation chapter 16, out of the mouth of the beast. Ah, the beast is a player here. So that means we would have to be in the time of the rule of the Antichrist. The Antichrist would have to be on scene. He along with a satanic, disinspired, demonic emissaries come out this is it come out of their mouths. That's symbolic language but they're probably somehow dispatched somehow. I don't I don't have all the answers for that, but they there's three spirits. Now what these three demons are going to do, this is what it says. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the whole of, of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. So now, these nations, the kings of the east, Russia, all of them, they're all going to be involved. America, they're all going to be involved, ladies and gentlemen. In Zechariah chapter number 14, God says, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem into battle. He said, I'm going to bring everybody there. Glory to God. Because the Lord has a beef with everybody, ladies and gentlemen. The Lord's wrath is against all ungodliness of all the nations. Even Israel is going to get broke off in this. It's only a remnant of them that's going to be saved. Jerusalem does not go unscathed in this thing. Now, he does come back and he's saved. He does stop. A complete annihilation of them, but half of Israel is going to go into captivity. They're going to, women are going to get raped, all that. It, 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 it's only a remnant of them are going to be saved that flee into the, uh, into the place in the wilderness that God creates for the Israel during this time. But even with all of that, ladies and gentlemen, all these, these nations are going to be gathered. They're going to be gathered. Okay. They're going to be gathered. And they're all going to be gathered to this place and then parenthetically he says behold I am coming as a thief blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments lest he walk naked and they see his shame and they gathered them together to a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon again Revelation 16 12 through 16 so now the battle of Armageddon will be the bloodiest battle in history where the Lord will slay the armies under the world under the leadership of the Antichrist. Imagine a bloodbath so great that the blood flows to the horses' bridles, approximately four to six feet deep for 180 miles. Here is what will here's what it will be like when the Lord returns. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear this. This is Revelation chapter number 19. Verses 15, 11 through fifteen and verse number nineteen. This is how the word of this is what the word of the Lord read, how the, how it reads. He says, And I saw heaven opened up. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat upon it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes were the flame of fire. And on his head are many diadems, diadems are crowns that a king wears. And he has a name written on him, which no one knows except himself. We, we God has names we don't even know about. Glory to God. And this one, Jesus has one. Don't nobody know that name. So that's so all of us. Name it and claim it, people. (laughs) Here's one we don't know, okay? He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Listen to this. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen and white and clean, were following him on horses. Ladies and gentlemen... That is a chorus made up of the saints, the church, angels. It's an army that comes with him. Glory to God. Now, I want you to understand this. You have to understand what is going on here. Listen, it says, I saw heaven opened." So what this means, ladies and gentlemen, When this heavenly invasion occurs, the Lord is going to head it up on a white horse followed by the armies in heaven all on white horses. So that means the earth is invaded from heaven from the sky out of space whatever you want to call it it's coming from up there all of a sudden the sky is going to open that's what ancient people called outer space in the sky they called it the heavens they didn't they didn't have the word outer space yet that's what they called it This army comes from out there. Now, all the time in our sci-fi movies and all of that, we've been talking about invaders from outer space and coming from the Klingons and the Transformers and E.T. and all of these other beings, these superheroes coming from other planets and superheroes and all of that, invading the earth and all of that. Ladies and gentlemen, that's TV. That's the movies. But you know the part that is true? There is going to be an invasion from heaven and it is going to be an army and it is going to be a hostile army so far as hostile to to the armies that are gathered there at Armageddon. but it's not gonna be little green men on spaceships it's going to be the Lord of glory and what the Antichrist is going to do is send these demons out to the kings of the world to convince them to bring their homage to this battle. And boy, oh boy, are those guys going to get surprised. They may lie to them and tell them it's going to be some outer space invasion or something like that. And the reason why I say that is because, let me, let me just show you something that I believe is plausible. I believe it's plausible. I'm not just saying it's got to be like this. But ladies and gentlemen. Let me do a screen share. We're going to screen share. We're going to go to my Bible program, and let's go to Revelation chapter eleven. I want to show you something about the two witnesses, and I, I don't have time to read about the whole thing about the two witnesses. I just wanna, I just want to show you this part. It says, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord is crucified. And they, the people, kindreds, and tongues, and nation, shall see their dead bodies three and a half, uh, three days and a half, and shall not suffer their bodies to be put into graves. And they, will, and they that dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, and make merry over, and make merry, and she'll send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. And after three and a half days, the spirit of life from God entered them, and they stood upon their feet. And great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying, "Come up hither." And they ascended into heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. Now I want you to listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. When the two witnesses are raised from the dead, they don't just stand on their feet and stay on the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, they take off from the earth, take up, lift up from the earth in front of everybody. In front of everybody, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says, and there is, Enemies beheld them. The whole world is going to be partying because these two, these two prophets, are finally dead. It's gonna be such a celebration, it's gonna be actually a worldwide Mardi Gras, in a sense. People are gonna be sending gifts to one another and everything, and all of a sudden, three days later. They stand to their feet, they come back to life, but not only that, they go up into heaven in a cloud, ladies and gentlemen. At that point when the earth sees this, do you think the beast and the Antichrist are going to say, oh, turn to Revelation chapter 11 and let's read about the word of God and see what everything's going to go, how it's really going to go and how the how the Antichrist and Satan is going to be defeated. You think they're going to say that? They're going to lie. They're obviously going to say these guys were extraterrestrial of some type because not only were they indestructible until the Antichrist, uh, the beast finally kills them, uh, which, which is what makes him famous. But not only that, after they come back to life, they are taken up in front of everybody while people are watching them and they lift right up off the earth into heaven in front of everybody. So now, with the world witnessing this, this may be one of the reasons that the Antichrist is able to convince the kings of the world to bring their armies because there may be some narrative that goes out to say and to declare that. More of these type of people that they seen go up into heaven are going to be returning and they're not going to tell them Oh, read the book of Revelation is really the Lord coming. What they'll probably do is lie to them or lie to the world and tell them that these people are coming back, but they're coming back with reinforcements. We got to be ready for it. So let's go back to Revelation chapter number 16. So now, let's go over this again. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the river Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. So that's going to be China, India, all of, all, everything east of the Euphrates. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. And they were spirits of devils which go forth to the kings of the the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. So this is their whole purpose is to go out and convince them to come to this army. That's what brings all these armies there okay then it says and the seventh angel poured out his vial upon the air and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying it is done there were voices thunders lightnings, and there was a great earthquake such as not since men were on the on the earth so mighty earthquake is so great now I don't want to spend the rest of the time here because I want to get to Revelation 19. Revelation 19 is where we go back to the narrative of when the Lord returns and what happens when he returns. So we already know that the place that these people are going to be gathered is called Armageddon. Glory to God. It's going to be called Armageddon. And so we just want to make sure that everybody knows That Armageddon is a place, ladies and gentlemen. It's a place. Listen to this. And he gathered them together to what a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. So now let's go to Revelation 19 and let's look at what happens when the Lord returns. It says, And I saw heaven open up, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon it was called Faithful and True. Glory to God. And in righteousness he do judge and make war. His eyes were as the flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood. And his name was called the Word of God. In John 1 and 1 we said in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was the Word of God manifested in flesh. This is a title for the eternal Logos. Glory to God. The word manifested in the flesh. His name was called the word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed upon him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that it he should smite the nations, and that he shall rule them, glory to God, with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the, the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God Almighty. And he had a vesture on his thigh and a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Oh, look at that. And I saw an angel, listen to this ladies, is standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven. Come gather yourselves together to the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and the flesh of them that set on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. Now listen to what this, what this says, ladies and gentlemen, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered to make war against him that sat on the horse and uh, and against his army. So it's the the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. That announcement is made in heaven under the seventh trumpet that sets the stage for this finality to come to pass. And listen to what it says again. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered to make war against him that sat on a horse and sat on his army. But I'm going to tell you some ladies and gentlemen, that's who they're really fighting. But I don't believe they're going to know till he actually shows up who he really is. What's really coming when that sky open up, they're going to have their missiles. They're going to have their machine guns and their cannons and their lasers and all that stuff pointed towards heaven. And they're going to look up and it's not going to be the Klingons. It's not going to be AT. It's not going to be the Transformers or any other alien beings in some kind of ships. It's going to be the Lord of glory. It is going to be army. They are going to get attacked. And it is going to come from heaven. Oh, that's true. It just ain't going to be little green men. It's going to be the Lord. Listen to what happens. And the beast was taken and with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which he had deceived them to receive the mark of the beast. And then that worship his image. Listen to this. Both of these were cast alive. Into the lake of fire with brimstone. So when the Lord comes back, ladies and gentlemen, the first thing on His agenda: no trial, no jail, no bottomless pit. None of that. They get thrown in final hell, all it thrown in there. Just right away, they go right in. Soon as the Lord comes back, and then what happens? And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat on the sword, on the horse, which proceeded out of his mouth, and the fowls were filled with their flesh. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go back, because Revelation 15 gives us, glory to God, a picture, glory to God, of what happens Revelation 14 rather, gives us a picture of how devastating this is going to be. And he says, and the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast them into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city. And blood came out of the wine press, even to the horse's bridle by space of 1,600 furlongs, which actually means, ladies and gentlemen, 180 miles. The blood is going to flow like an ocean. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Armageddon. This is Armageddon. President Biden, keep biblical terminology out of your mouth. You do not know what you're talking about. What Putin is doing in Ukraine, I don't care how many nuclear missiles they shoot. This is not, it will not be Armageddon. This is Armageddon. This is Armageddon. In order for Armageddon to happen, and we're going to show you something, Armageddon happens at the sixth bowl. There are seven bowls that are poured out. But before you could get, before you get to Armageddon, this is what happens when the wrath of God starts. He says, and I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the angels, go your ways and pour out the vials of wrath, the wrath of God upon the earth. Now this is, ladies and gentlemen, the articulated, exacting wrath of God. The the seals, the trumpets were just softening up the territory. This is. Is the real deal it I liken it in my book unlocking the door key to biblical prophecy I liken it to a basketball season you have the regular season okay then you have the playoffs then you have the championship series now they are all still basketball games they all have that in common Still got to shoot the ball through the hoop. You still got to win the game. Still got referees. Still got three-pointers. Still all, all of that they have in common. But the regular season is not the playoffs. And the intensity goes up in the playoffs. But the highest level of intensity is the championship. And it it's seven games. Ladies and gentlemen this is the wrath of God. This is the championship. The other stuff led up to this. This is when God pours his direct fury out on the world. And notice what is targeted first. And the first went and poured out his vow upon the earth. And there fell a noisome And grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them that worshipped the image. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's switch up translations here. And we're going to do this in the NIV. Glory to God. Let's go to Revelation 16, 1. And it says, the first angel went out and poured his bowl out on the land and ugly festering sores broke out on people who had the mark of the beast and worship his image. Now, ladies and gentlemen, these are festering cancerous like sores. The word there is used is noisome, but we're going to pull our Greek in. we want to look at this. The word there is ulcer. See that? It says probably from an ulcer. These are like cancerous like sores that are going to break out on people. Glory to God. Now, it's doubtful, believe it or not, that the Antichrist may not even get this sword. It's going to be some other stuff to do. And the reason why I'm going to say that, the Antichrist is not going to need the Mark of the Beast. Everybody else is. <laughs> he probably won't even have the Mark of the Beast himself. <laughs> because he's going to make everybody else get it. It's his Mark. It's after his name, so he don't have to have the mark. He's going to make everybody else get it. <laughs> so all these people are going to get these these uh, nasty sores. Where are the sores going to be on their face? Because the mark's going to be on the right hand of their forehead. Could you imagine a whole planet of people with nasty, smelly, cancerous sores that kills them? These ain't the, This This is not going to be something you could put Neosporin and a Band-Aid on. This is gonna be ugly, stinking, festering sores that kill people, okay? Now, let's look at this. And the second angel poured out his vial on the sea, and it became a, as the blood of dead man, and every living soul in the sea died. Let me just listen to that, everything. All the fresh water, gone. The third angel poured out his vial on the rivers and the fountains, they became blood, no fresh water. And I heard the angel of the waters say, "Thou art righteous, O God, which was, which art, which was, and shall be, because thou hast judged us, for they shed the blood of the saints and other prophets, and has given them blood to drink, for they are worthy." And I heard another out of the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. So while men are cursing God on the earth for these things, they are praising him in heaven for his judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial on the sun. And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched Scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, which gave power to these plagues, and they repented not to give Him glory. Now let me let me just say this, gentlemen. This is off the chain because God dispatches an angel to the sun. <laughs> I want you to think about this. There is an angelic being with enough power to go to the sun and regulate its heat. Think about that. Think about that. This this, this angel can take that bulb, go to the sun, pour it, pour it out on the sun. We couldn't send us craft closer. It would burn up. The sun is so big, a million earths could fit inside of it. That's how big the sun is. That's beyond our comprehension, and that's, a, and that's only a medium to small size star. There are stars that are thousands of times the size of the sun. Thousands, if not millions of times larger than the sun. You've got an one angel that can just go there and, and regulate the sun. That's just going to show you how powerful these beings are. Angels ain't no joke, okay? Then it says, and the fifth angel poured out his vow on the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongue for the pain, and they blasphemed God because of their pains and their sores, and they repented not of their deeds. Now, let me just tell you something. God, at this point, is not interested in them repenting. He, these These judgments are not coming to make them repent that's chastisement chastisement is designed to get you to be feel sorry to get you to change your ways this is not chastisement this is judgment god could care less whether they repent or not but it just goes to show you how calcified their hearts are because you would think under such conditions people would repent wouldn't do no good at that point but you would think that they would but they don't. That's the point that's being made here. God isn't trying. God at this point is not interested in anybody repenting. At this time he is breaking off the world and he ain't trying to hear it. No way. Glory to God. Do all the crying you want. Ain't nobody with the mark of the beast. All those people, those people are just going to get towed up. Okay. The sixth angel poured out his vow on the great river Euphrates. And this is where we are introduced to the term Armageddon. And the waters Thereof was dried up, that the ways of the king of the east may be prepared. Already read the text, verse number sixteen. And then it said, "And let me now let me read it again." And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth to the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Look at this. So this happens at the Sixth Bowl. And he gathered them together to the place in the Hebrew tongue called Armageddon. That's where the term Armageddon comes in. This is not some stupid war between Putin and Ukraine. This has nothing to do with that. Again, this is just somebody using biblical terminology that doesn't know what the heck they are talking about. People... And this is what the enemy does. He wants people to think Armageddon is just some big war, the big, big nasty war. No, Armageddon is a this is the culminating event where the Lord returns and wipes these armies out himself. This is not some nuclear war between Ukraine and 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 and, and Russia that other people start shooting nuclear missiles. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Even if Russia and the United States got in a full-scale nuclear war and wiped each other out, even if that did happen, that still ain't Armageddon. That's just one of that would just be one of them wars and rumors of war that Jesus said would happen. That's not Armageddon. Armageddon is a place. The place is the hill, hilly country in the plain of Megiddo, which is in Israel. That's not Russia in Ukraine. This is not. Armageddon and people that are looking up Armageddon all of a sudden they want to know what Armageddon is well in one sense it's good but the other sense is men and their folly just keep coming up with stupid stuff because they don't Know what the Bible says, and this is why I've been telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you Christians, I'm telling everybody, you must know the times. This is what my whole purpose in the earth realm is to help people understand this so we won't be tossed to and fro by every little comment that comes out. Oh, Armageddon is coming. It's not Armageddon. Oh, the mark of the beast is it's not the mark of the beast. How are you going to have a mark of the beast before the beast even gets here? It's his mark. He would need to be here to issue it. <laughs> How is the beast here before he may get a temple? He needs to have the temple to walk in and declare himself to be God. All of that needs to be in place, ladies and gentlemen. Before you could have Armageddon, you have to have a beast. Before you could have a beast, you have to have a temple. Before you could have a temple, you have to have all these other situations that are going on. And we're just not there yet. No, this is not Armageddon. I don't care. If they do pop nukes off over there in Europe, excuse me, in Ukraine, it's not Armageddon. We just read what Armageddon is. Armageddon at the end of that battle, that's when the Lord himself comes back with the church and angels and he mops up after all of these armies have been gathered in the plain of Megiddo to fight against the Lord when he returns. There's an invasion from heaven or an invasion from outer space, however you want to call it. We don't like, see, we don't like to Put out a space where it says heaven because we're just so used to, to the, for how the first century humans thought about the stars. They, when they looked up in the stars, they called it the heavens. Listen, listen what David, listen what David said in Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show of his handiwork. When he's talking about the heavens, ladies and gentlemen, he's talking about the stars, the sun, the moon, all of that. Declare the glory of God. But that's the word they used for it, heavens. They didn't have the word outer space, interstellar, galactic. <laughs> you know, well, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know when the word galactic was created. But what I'm saying is that's not the language that they used to describe things biblically in the Bible, in the Bible narrative. is the word heaven. So the sky's going to open up somehow, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what John meant when he saw that, but maybe there's a reality. There's a whole other dimension as he just rolls that back. And from, from up there, there's going to come this invading army. So now you understand why Satan has all this time, put all this junk in people's head about People from other planets invading the world and making, trying to d- develop the fear of whatever comes from out there is, is hostile and is gonna attack. Partly true because when the Lord comes, depends on what side of the army you're on. If you with him, it's not bad. If you're on the Earth doing that attack, it's bad. And that's what Armageddon is, ladies and gentlemen. It's the place where this battle takes place. So I don't care what Pastor, uh, I almost said the wrong thing, not Pastor Biden, Lord have mercy, <laughs> the devil is alive, <laughs> President Biden, <laughs> I don't care what he say, I don't, and I don't care who's president. Let me just say this, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care who is president, the world is heading in a certain direction towards the return of the Lord. I don't care if it's Biden. I don't care if it's Trump. I don't care if it's Trump's granddaughter, Biden's brother, or some other person from Ypsilanti, Michigan, or wherever they from. I don't care who it is, what party it is. The world is heading in a certain direction, and it's going to conclude just like the Bible said. It don't make a difference who the president is. It doesn't. This, this is already written. We're reading the end from the beginning. Hasn't even happened yet. We already know the future. We already know where it's heading. So once again, and in my closing, the war in Ukraine, Russia popping nukes, all of that is not Armageddon. God bless you and keep you, my friends. This has been a blast. Love you all. Stay tuned for even more in Jesus' name.